Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, today we're picking up from where we left off last week as we discussed the story from John's Gospel, Chapter 5. It's a story of a paralyzed man, and of Jesus, and of the religious leader's response. I described it as being a story from one of the days of the earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus. We will not read the passage again today, but it's John's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. What we will do is remind those of you who listened in last week, and for those of you who are listening for the first time, is that I divide, divide six pegs, if you would, upon which to hang the story of the paralyzed man and then the arrival of Jesus, number two, the man's propensity to blame or the blame game, number four, the challenge of faith, and then the reward of faith, and we wound up with the re- reaction of the leaders around. We only were able to cover the first three points last week. We covered the dilemma of the paralyzed man, the arrival of Jesus, and we began to look at the man's blame game attitude, the propensity to blame. Perhaps we should just think of that as things that we know something about, the blame game. It's not I who did it, it is he, it is she. And so we pass the blame. It happens with parents and children, with children in class, with husband and wife. It's just easy to blame somebody else, but it does not solve the problems. The highlights of the story are covered in those five moments. And a lot more to this amazing day of miracles in the life of Jesus. Well, we're just looking at those, and asking God the Holy Spirit to speak to all of our hearts and to make it meaningful to us. In this story is a picture of everyone listening today, a picture of you and to the person speaking. We covered the biblical record of humanity's deliberate departure from God and the desperation in which humanity finds itself. And we don't have to look very far. As we speak, There are ten major conflicts in our world, ten significant battlefields among the sons of men. And that's not counting the border skirmishes, the gang lords, and we could go through them from the Middle East to the Far East, from the East to the West, from the North to the South. The world is expressing the decay and the dilemma of our sinful 
nature. Not only is it a world of corruption and war and anxiety, it's a, a world of spiritual darkness. And I have looked back over my lifetime, and I remember a time when sin seemed to matter in the marketplace, in the home, in the halls of education, but sin has become a joke, the topic of movies and funny stories. The Bible says sin is real. It's an affront for Almighty God. It's stepping over the boundaries of God. Someone listening understands. Maybe you do. You don't even need a sermon to bring you to the place of confession. And maybe you're asking right now, what must I do to be saved? With that question, I'm thinking of the night in a Philippian jail where Paul and Silas were in custody for preaching the good news. The good news that God sent Jesus to live on earth, to die for our sins, and to open the door to heaven for lost human beings. That message is causing some people in some parts of the world to lose their lives, to be locked up in prison, to be persecuted. But oh, perhaps right in your town. It may not go to those extremes, but it may be you are marked out as kind of crazy. The born-again people, you know the names that they attach with a sense of less than the best intention. The jailer heard them vibrantly singing and praising God in that jailhouse. They were praising God for the privilege of being able to suffer for the cause of Christ. The Holy Spirit moved in the jailer's heart and he cried out that amazing question, What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas gave them the quick answer, gave him the quick answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved. Wonderful story we should talk about sometime. But that amazing transformation that took place is recorded in the book of Acts. The jailer heard them as a son for the glory of God. Let me ask you this. If you are a believer in Jesus, a professing disciple of Jesus, you even may call yourself a Christian, does the world around you know or is it a secret arrangement because you don't want to suffer for the name of Jesus? Paul and Silas bravely, purposefully preached Jesus. You see, the unquestionable reason for my sharing this radio talk is that I can find no higher calling. I have no more important message to deliver. I can find no more work no work more important to do. And it may be I'm talking to somebody who needs to hear that. Now, I'm not near the end of my journey. I'm heading on up. And maybe you're a young man or a young woman and you are considering the mission field or the ministry or you just want to be a vibrant witness for Jesus. My friend, there is no higher calling. The paralyzed man in our story you did not go to the pool that day with the assurance that Jesus would be there to pass by and bring his years of suffering to an end. But then, but then Jesus came. 
When Jesus enters our space, it's time to look, it's time to listen, it's time to respond. In the case of the paralyzed man, he first responded to Jesus by blaming somebody else. My friend, my people, nobody helped me. My dear friend, the blame game is not what will set you free. Jesus asks the needy man the important question, do you want to get well? Instead of immediately responding with a rebounding yes, he tried for a scapegoat. I've met people who acknowledge their need, but make the excuse that somebody they know who speaks of being a Christian lives a life of lies. They're hypocrites, they tell me. My friend, that is a great pity, but that is not really a good reason to risk your eternal salvation, to risk your eternal destiny. Today, Jesus is asking that same question of you, of you, yes, of you. Do you want to be made well from your sin sickness? He is not asking about the person next door or the member of the family. He's asking you. He's addressing himself to you. You say oddly, I want to be free of the burden of my sin, but I'm too far gone. God can't do anything for me. The man who Jesus healed that day was in his physical prison for a long, long time. He came into the world to save sinners, is what Jesus says he did. One day the religious leaders accused Jesus of receiving sinners and socializing with them. That is who Jesus is. That is what Jesus does. Do you want the company of Jesus? and the eternal assurance that you will be with him for all, for all, for all eternity. The next movement in our story is in verse 9. Immediately the man was healed. He rolled up his bed, a sleeping mat, and he began walking. His dilemma, his dilemma, his dilemma was resolved because of Jesus. The next movement is that the paralyzed man's propensity of blame had been replaced by the challenge of his faith in Jesus. Today there is a common, and may I suggest a cheap embracing of the word faith. Somehow we're being led to believe that it, is, it doesn't matter what you believe, we just have to have faith. Have faith. Keep the faith. Well, my friend, the faith that Jesus demands requires a degree of specificity. James, in his epistle, tells us that even the devils believe, and they believe and they tremble because they know the day is coming. They know the consequences. They tremble because when one person puts his or her faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, Satan loses that battle by the grace of God. You can shake the corridors of hell today by taking a step of faith and trusting Jesus Christ. The reward of this man's faith was physical healing, but that wasn't all. The reward of his faith was physical healing, but there was also the inner healing that Jesus later referred to in the story. When Jesus told him, go in peace and stop sinning, oh, Jesus said, a worse thing may come upon you. An interesting conjunction, conjunction pops up in verse 9 of our story. It's the word but. But this miracle 
happened on the Sabbath. Another one, so the Jewish leaders objected. But it happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish, Jew, Jewish leaders objected. Satan is not the only one who deliberately attacks the person who will come to a point of change because of your faith and your encounter with Jesus. So let me be clear. There is no price to be paid for receiving forgiveness and divine justification. Jesus paid it all. It's free for the asking. But a free gift to come to faith here. But following Jesus can be costly. Ask Saul. Ask Paul. Ask the man who was healed. Immediately, the religious world began to persecute him. In the book, of Isaiah we read these words he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought our peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed today you can respond to Jesus become a new creature in Christ Jesus friend I appeal to you join the hymn writer and say just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me I come to thee O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Will you come? God help you to do it. And let us know. We'd love to help you get started on this wonderful journey with Jesus. Listen to the address and get in touch with us. God bless you. God bless you abundantly. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.